Hello, welcome to episode 13 of We Don't Talk About the Weather, political discussion that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, and I'm here with Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about the week's news. Uh, this week, we've got the uh, Tory manifesto, uh, the continuing general election news generally, and we're going to start off by talking about uh, what happened yesterday, last night, uh, the Manchester terror attack, suicide bombing, as I understand it. At, uh, they said it's a suicide Manchester bombing. Manchester Arena, yeah, they have said it's a, a suicide bombing. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad. It's pretty tragic. Mm. It's it's some like twenty two people dead, fifty people injured. It's just so many of them kids as well. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I know it's like you can't you compare it with something like the Bataclan. Uh, attacks and say it's but one it is thing, worse with kids. One thing it's adults, it's worse one thing with it's kids. kids, and it's, and it's much worse. Girls, yeah. And, then, yeah, and it's 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 really just horrible. It's going to be one that's going to scar, yeah, the British mindset for a long time. Uh, I don't. It's worse than well. If you look at how I don't like, politically motivated killings have affected the British mindset, yeah. Joe Cox barely affected. Yeah. <laughs> but according to the press. It's just a thing that didn't happen, really. Yeah, I did see someone say that, uh, oh, it's the first terror attack during an election. And it's mm. like, mm, Joe Cox, I mean, mm. there has been some... He wasn't a terrorist, you know. he was a patriot. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Lee Rigby upset a lot of people. That um, was really graphic as well. Though. Yeah, that that was, was it went on and on. And it was filmed yeah. as well. But this one is, yeah, more so than 7-7. It's going to stick in people's heads. I don't, I actually, I, don't, I mean, look, I don't know how people are going to react to it, but I actually don't think it will stick in. I don't think it will have the same impact as 7 7 because that was, it was that coordinated. It was, it's, I think it's also the nature of it was coordinated and multiple people. Hmm. I think people, and even Bataclan to a certain extent, was like a small kind of paramilitary almost operation. Hmm. I think people do react differently as opposed to, uh, a suicide attack like that in the same way as like say the Admiral Duncan bombings where it was it's it you can I think maybe people's psychological attitude to it ends up being like more like lone wolf yeah it doesn't quite feel like it's linked into other things I mean there's been no like uh, uh, confirmation or evidence I think they've arrested a person uh, yeah. They've named the. They've, they've arrested a person. Arrested a person. They've named the person who. Uh, I saw they named him, but who I did, the, seen did him. the bombing. Twenty-three-year-old uh, uh, person. Um, but I think yeah, it's it's easier, easier. It's more straightforward if you can imagine it as a lone wolf, hmm. because there's plenty of like disturbed people and people who you can imagine doing it. It's easier to write off in your head, maybe as. As yeah, I think as I think is. it's that thing of um, people are kind of people are already nervous about their kids anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm any more nervous about Lily, but yeah, I think I'd probably I'd be thinking about it next time I went to a big gig. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. She doesn't like going to big gigs anyway, but I mean, also there's a certain part of it where. I mean, I know we'll get into this in a minute, but the kind of far-right reaction mm. um, really came out and they tried to occupy that space left by people not commenting because, I mean, what is there to, to say about it? It's, well, actually, if we can get into that, the way the right has taken over it. I, I had an argument with Holly this afternoon about it mm. and, and she was like, it's wrong to politicise it. Yeah. I was like, well, no, you kind of have to from yeah. the left. 
because otherwise the only people doing it are going to be the far right. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone definitely. in the middle, and for completely justifiable reasons, completely understandable reasons, just want to grieve and mourn and yeah. show solidarity. I saw all the I Heart MCR things. Yeah. And I was confused for a bit. I did think it was I Heart My Chemical Romance. <laughs> What's it, why is MCR matches like that postcode? Uh, I don't know. Or train station shortening. Uh, Manchester. It was Manchester Victoria. Victoria was the nearest one, wasn't yeah. it? But anyway, so it was all the I Heart yeah, MCR stuff. And you, you can understand why people want to just mm. do that. But while they're doing that, of course, someone like. I was because I was up until like three in the morning last night. Paul Watson was—you could tell—just like frothing at the mouth, like yeah, because it's what they want. Yeah, it's what they because that's the narrative that they've been pushing for ages. Yeah. Um, Tommy Robinson was um, all out there, um, but none of them as bad as um, Katie Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, Katie Hopkins this morning tweeted. Um, I can't remember what exactly what it was that she tweeted. She um, was look. She was saying that we need a final solution. Yeah, and then she changed it to true solution and said it was a typo. And all I can think there is she typed final solution so often into her phone <laughs> that obviously it auto corrected it. <laughs> Whatever she writes, we're looking for. And um, the other thing that she tweeted was, "I asked my kids; they'd rather be shot by a bullet than blown up by a nail bomb." And it's like, why are you asking your kids that? Well, no, I don't, because the actual wording of, I remember that one, the wording of that. She didn't say, I asked my kids. She just said, my kids said. <laughs> because her kids are just mouthpieces for what she thinks. Yeah. Their, their protection, because you can't really criticise her kids. No. Can't yeah. really. Not yet. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one. And it, the thing is, if you don't, but you get shut down as well. So if you say, like, if you come at it from the left and say, mm foreign involvement, support of disgusting regimes, mm. arming of supposed moderates mm. and all this kind of stuff, um, you'll just get shut down because it does seem crass. And the thing is we're more Yeah. We're more vulnerable to being told that we're being rude and crass than someone like um Katie Hopkins, who's told this fifteen times a day by <laughs> her kids. <laughs> like, oh no, I'll keep stop doing that. Um but yeah, it's 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 a hard one. Yeah, I mean, I think as well because there's no there's no other answers. I mean, any anti-terror measures that they can take without having constant presences, and it's getting it's getting well, closer. We don't, you can't have constant presences everywhere because you it's too big. Even if they wanted to run a a proper police state of police boxes on every corners and checkpoints, like they wouldn't have the apparatus to do it anyway. So I think to a certain extent, people mourn. And most people aren't willing to go to that internment no. internment camp kind of well, extreme yet. But also, there's nothing there's nothing more short of that. Yeah. Well, the problem you know is I mean? the reason the, the reason why I was getting annoyed is if you leave just your Tommy Robinsons and your Katie Hopkins and yeah, that woman yeah. who said about it, um, and there was someone else as well. But um, if you just leave them then it makes the people who are just calling for internment camps yeah. seem like moderates, and that's, yeah. that shouldn't exist. And it's nice to see that pretty much everyone in any real position of power has told them to shut up with that yeah. idea. Um, well, there's like so many reasons why it wouldn't work. First off, we can't. there's a couple of reasons why we can't up security mm. much more. First off, we don't have the money. Yeah. Second off, just realistically, when we were policing Ireland at its... like 
like to the most that we'd ever done. Army did. checkpoints and yeah. uh, armed men on the streets every yeah. single day. Those were yeah. the worst years of the Troubles. Yeah, they were. It doesn't stop it. Yes, because you can't stop uh, some angry guy with a bomb. Yeah, realistically, mm. unless everyone is has a policeman next to them yeah. at all times. Um, What's the other thing? Or a policeman in their heads. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, uh, and the other thing, that was it. Um, there was a thing I saw, it was from, um, I think it was some Israeli journalist, who said that re- um, actually Britain has a better success rate of stopping terror attacks than Tel Aviv, mm. than, than, than Israel does. Yeah. So, do we really want to be more? Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think we can, I, I don't want to, that. I don't want. It's that thing of. It sounds. It's kind of trite that you know. If you change, if you put have more security and stuff, then the terrorists win. And then there's so many people saying, "Well, we want more security." Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure they do want that. It's 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 managing to kind of, kind of deal with your horror at something so, so fucking horrible. Yeah. And yet also balancing it with the reality that you know, like mm. you know what this wave we have pretty good ideas about what this current wave of like European terrorism in France and mm. in Germany and uh, in the UK you know where it's come from it's come from a, the kind of husk of a radical Islamic movement from mm. from Islamic State that's losing it that's, that's, that's losing badly and is either coming back or trying to strike back by hitting anyone it can get over the internet, mm. you know. I did see um, Tommy Robinson was calling for us to turn the Falklands Islands into our Guantanamo, which you know maybe that uh, make our, if if there was a way to make Argentina hate us more, <laughs> it would be to turn it into a prison camp and then give it back to them. <laughs> but how we can is that thing of Tommy Robinson it, ignoring you know uh, what's it called um, thingy Delgado uh, Diego uh, Diego Garcia the. Um, Island that we use for rendition flights to Uzbekistan oh. to <laughs> to like, also, torture like, torture people captured in Iraq. Theresa May and Donald Trump they seem pretty happy with each other. I'm sure they'd let us have a couple of wings <laughs> of Guantanamo if they wanted. We'll just dump them in I don't know some happy dictatorship in the east that wouldn't mind helping us out. But also it's a dumb notion as well because it hasn't helped America. No. Um, it's a dumb notion because the whole framework of that thing is based on ideas. I've never fully gotten behind the whole prevent strategy as this kind of... I mean, that I joked earlier, but that really is trying to put a policeman in people's yeah. heads, treating it as if it's uh, contagion, mm. treating, as it, treating it as if these very ex- like extreme religious ideas mm. are an illness yeah. that you can contract by being in close proximity to them. And it ignores the fact that it is just that. It's an idea. Yeah, You can't... You can't stop that. No. You can stop people having access to the things to make those ideas a reality. Mm. But you really, you really can't stop it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's very scary to people, obviously. That's mm. it's, it's incredibly scary. Mm. But you have to recognise that it's not a problem that you can deal with with security measures. Yeah. It has to be a problem that you deal with on its own ground, which is ideas and better actions from your state. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's not really much what we can say about that. I could. I do want to talk about the response to it more with like um, mm. the mm. press. And I saw someone was, um, someone was, um, someone was talking on Twitter about arguments they were having with people where they were saying that, see, this is the problem. If Jeremy Corbyn was prime minister, 
he wouldn't be able to stop this attack. It's like, it happened though. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, it's not his fault it happened. There was a, there was a, the front of the sun. Yeah. Had, did have the cover, even though they went to print around half two in the morning. Yeah. So they knew what was it was all about. And they had like blood on their hands. And it was um, Jeremy Corbyn and Jesus John McDonald because of their, because of their stuff with um, with the IRA. And I saw a hit ad done by I think it was either Telegraph or the Times. And I'm glad we don't get to have these on TV because it's so. Although it was kind of funny, um, it made me like Jeremy Corbyn more. To be honest, mm. it was like MI5 opened a case into Jeremy Corbyn because yeah. of his ties to the Republican movement. He was he was like associated with some Irish bloke. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it Martin McGuinness, the one? No, no, the it, was some, it was just some to. some bloke who was in prison for eleven life sentences. Yeah, and it's like, and then Jeremy Corbyn put forward a motion to move IRA prisoners to prisons closer to their families. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> it's a different kind of thing. You can't compare. It's not. It's not the same thing. And I'm not saying it in that way that the IRA are like plucky homegrown gentleman terrorists, terrorists. <laughs> gentlemen terrorists yeah. but it's an entirely different mm. um, there's an entirely different mechanism by which people entered the IRA yeah. there's an entirely different mechanism by which they pick their targets you have to treat it like a particular kind of warfare and mm. it's trying to tar him with this brush I also think that they've I wanted to uh, approach, we'll talk about it, approach we'll, it later we'll about, talk about it later yeah. more the um the, the IRA, IRA um, Jeremy Corbyn stuff. stuff. Um, I did see um, one thing that was like, uh, again, baffling in the response to this. There was a UKIP uh, councillor, or she's now independent, but she was elected as a UKIP councillor in Kent. Um, and she said, I think that whoever perpetrated this, we should bring back the uh, death penalty. He's dead. And it's like, it was a suicide attack. Yeah. He's already dead. I mean, I don't. I don't know what. How your... much more blood do you want? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much. I don't know how much more you can do as act of public revenge, as punishment, as oh. deterrence. No, I've got it. Like that pope who dug up the previous pope and put him on trial. <laughs> we'll have a small boy sitting behind the, I don't know, bag of whatever's left of this bloke, <laughs> and you know, putting on a little voice, and we'll put him on trial. Well, it's why um, it's, hang it, hang the bag. It's why they're so desperate to um, renew Trident because we need those submarines to go and dig up Osama bin Laden <laughs> and put him on trial. <laughs> and then fire. It's a very cross-party thing. Uh, appeases um, people who wanted to put him on trial. <laughs> appeases conservatives who wanted to gloat over his grave. It's a very left-wing idea <laughs> in the tradition of the Tory manifesto. She's really parking her anti-pope on Jeremy Corbyn's lawn. <laughs> parking her on your boat. <laughs> On Jeremy, in Jeremy's allotment. Yeah. But um, yeah, the other thing I want to say with the the with this terror attack because I was watching it on the news, the way the Americans had everything announced significantly before we did mm. felt just sketchy to me because there's so many. There's still people now who haven't. There's they've got relatives. Yeah, yeah. I've seen there's still people stuff looking. that they haven't mm. people that haven't been found and all that kind of stuff and. They're the ones who are hurting most. Yeah. And the only reason that they're doing this all... The, and the way the press are acting is solely because that's what happens with the 24-7 news. Yeah. You need a story. You need to constantly have people scared mm. and all this stuff. But there was a great um, Twitter post by someone who um, was caught up in a terrorist incident four years ago that I wanted to read out. Uh, actually sums up everything that 
they do do wrong. Mm. Okay, this is um, Dr. M79. When I was caught up in a terrorist incident four years ago, the behaviour of the UK media made the trauma much, much worse. They, didn't, they don't seem to have changed. Seeing journalists from major news organisations outside hospitals waiting to interview people leaving, asking witnesses for more and more details. News organisations need to consider their role in creating PTSD. There is evidence on this. Part of the trauma is caused in the aftermath by response. In the face of terror, people suffer but are strong. Emergency services and others are incredible. Media could help rather than traumatise. I'm not going to relist all the things the media did to me and my family and workplaces to try and get a story after the terrorist incident. Um, they were appalling. It was beyond intrusive. It worsened the trauma and stopped me from being able to access support I needed at the time. I grew up in Manchester. It's strong. People will come together and support. In contrast, behaviour of some media today is deeply concerning. Journalists and editors for news organisations need to better understand trauma and their potential role in creating PTSD after traumatic events. I said I wasn't going to list, but people asked. After being victim of terrorism, news organisations hacked my Facebook, turned up at my mum's doorstep, repeatedly called and doorstep my mum before she knew I was okay, repeatedly called the emergency number at hospitals where, at the hospital where I worked, called elderly relatives who didn't know, who didn't even know that I was abroad and told them that I'd been caught up in a terrorist incident, repeatedly called a mental health helpline where I volunteered on the emergency number, used fa personal Facebook accounts to try to friend me, Turned up at my house for days, called my phone so much that I had to switch it off and couldn't access support from my real friends. Turned up at my work, and when receptionists told them I was unable to speak to them, printed a story about how I was too traumatised to talk. Jeez. Took pictures of me in public places for days after, used coercive techniques to get a story, if you give us an interview we'll stop, type stuff. Um, kept asking me for more colour for the story, when all I could see in my mind was a pavement running with blood. None of that is helpful. There is, also, there is also evidence graphic coverage of terror can create PTSD in people who weren't even there. It helps no one. Editorial codes need to include behaviour around responsible reporting of major incidents. Intrusive demands can worsen harm to individuals. Then after a week, they dropped it. The stories moved on. I was left with memories intrusion without having been able to access support. It also left me unable to trust what was real. Journalists had called and messaged pretending to be people who weren't, who weren't trying to get info. They got my phone number from work by pretending to be a friend. At a time when I needed support and to trust others, they made that impossible. Um, it also left me unable to trust what was real. Journalists had called and messaged a message pretending to be people who they weren't to get info. They got my phone number from work by pretending to be a friend. Um, oh yeah, friend. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. And it's happened it's, this time. There's a bloke whose brother is still missing. Yeah. And he posted a picture of... The um, I think it was to see which which paper it was. Now who put something through his door after ringing and ringing and banging on the door all day? But yeah, current you current. Um, oh, here we go. Um, yeah, the Telegraph. I've dealt with fifty plus journalists online today. Two found my mobile number. This cunt found my house. I still don't know if my brother is still alive. And it's a handwritten letter and a business card from the Telegraph that yeah. posted through the door. It's revolting. I don't understand the the desperate need for for content and i mean the thing is that they do have editorial codes they do have um guidelines that they're supposed to work work by hmm. but the the press bodies have no ability to enforce any kind of penalty for for yeah. contravening those codes so it's it's that the only thing they really respect is libel yeah leveson was worthless yeah, I mean, it's already been rowed back and they've already, even the actual kind of promise 
to do better yeah has it's just gone by the wayside because it doesn't matter. There's more money in behaving like a massive prick hmm. than there is in actually reporting the news. I mean, yeah. you wonder about like people have been talking about like the credibility of politicians. The credibility of journalists is oh. way down. Yeah, way down. It's um the reason I wanted to read the whole thing of that that thing out was the Rebel TV, which is a new right wing one. So it's the alt right. It's the Gavin McInnes. Yeah, uh, he's on it, isn't he? And like Tommy the Robinson, founder of, Vo- founder of Vice, and Howlin Roberts, and and someone else. Yeah. I can't remember. But they were talking. It's about the alt right with the amount with the money to run a studio. Yeah, um, and you know they give money to Tommy Robinson, so they're mm. pretty horrible. Mm. Um, but they covered that Twitter post and literally just said they read like the first bit and said they just hate. They just don't want any media coverage because of how much they love Muslims. It's like, that isn't what I got from that. What I got from today was not, there isn't any media coverage. Yeah. What they want is a civilizational war. Yeah. Which they're not going to get because it's not. No. It's, no, it's not. not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, that was. So, that's I mean, our that's opinion. Manchester, Manchester, that's you can't stuff. really. You can't really. I mean, what else can you do? Not much, really. Um, before we go into British news other than Manchester, I did want to talk about just a little bit about America. I don't like to talk about America that much, especially on the podcast. Oh yeah, but I mean, we we I think we kind of fell into it in, eventually because I mean, like we listen to a lot of stuff about America. We're fucking sodden in uh, like American yeah. culture and politics. And yeah. have you ever found yourself? I do it so much when you're talking about Trump and you say, "Well, of course we can vote him out." No, it's like, I'm no, specifically. Damaged. Yeah, exactly. I feel I, I do it and I feel like you're an yeah. idiot. You're yeah. completely overtaken um, by, yeah, some <laughs> by good stuff American with, cultural imperialism. Good stuff with Trump this mm. last week because he's doing his first tour. Oh man, there's so much good stuff about yeah. him in Saudi Arabia. Okay, his rider that he has <laughs> yeah. for what will be in the presidential suite. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I'm just mm-hmm. going to read it out mm-hmm. because we need to start laughing yeah. <laughs> after that. We need to laugh. Okay, again, yeah. so ten two-liter bottles of Mountain Dew, half chilled. Holy shit! No, ten two-liter Coca-Cola, half chilled. Wait, wait, wait. Red Coca-Cola. Yeah, it doesn't say diet. Fuck. <laughs> he's gonna die. I don't think he's ever gonna die. <sighs> um, five buckets of ice, six boxes of double-stuffed Oreos, unwrapped, stacks in rows of eight. Six well, eight is his Kabbalah uh, number. <laughs> Six boxes of Keebler fudge cookies. That sounds very sugary. Um, three microwave ovens. Do not plug in the microwaves. We will do this. One box of assorted Airheads candy. <laughs> because, of course, that's the first place you'd go if you were going to try and assassinate Trump. Get him where he's weakest, comrade. <laughs> Bomb his microwave. Um, yeah, a box of assorted Airheads candy. Two cartons of KFC napkins. Must be KFC napkins. Um, oh, man. One tray of Kraft American cheese singles unwrapped. <laughs> 44 slices of American cheese. <laughs> 43 slices of American cheese. <laughs> um, four four packs of Red Bull. Holy shit. 24. Is this for his staff as well? I think this is for everyone in the presidential suite. So, so him, his family and I imagine his... Melania doesn't eat much of this. Yeah, I don't think she's seen sugar in 30 years. Um, 24 hard-boiled eggs peeled. 13 crispy... Oh yeah, because of course he is an old man yeah. as well. Remember that. 
Well, he needs something to make sure that he doesn't just have ravenous, raging diarrhoea. There's not a lot of fibre in this, no. I'm noticing. 13 Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. Oh, God. Three rosewood shoehorns. Again, old man needs a shoehorn. Three gallons of buttermilk. <laughs> Three gallons? It gets better. Five maps of the 2016 Electoral College victory framed and hung around the scene. Nine pounds of bacon, uncooked. Oh, some protein. <laughs> yeah. Finally, something you can actually live on. Not the best thing you can live on, but something you can live on. 28 raw eggs. Two pounds of chorizo. Twelve loaves of sliced white bread. See, that's so much white bread, I bet you he complains about gluten intolerance because whenever he eats an entire loaf of white bread, he feels ill. Six sticks of butter. Eight hungry man fried chicken dinners, frozen. Oh, that's so <laughs> gross. That's amazing. Three Sara Lee cherry pies, five Sara Lee apple pies, four tubs of Cool Whip, two extra, extra, extra large salt grubs. Three 80-inch plasma TVs, Sony, and... Please iron the sheets. <laughs> you need iron sheets after all that, because that is... Fuck. That's the kind of rider I would ask for. I've never slept in a bed with iron sheets. Iron sheets. No, Unless, like, except for a hotel. It's like um, The Simpsons with Lenny and Carl talking about an iron shirt. Ooh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that's... That man is going to die. There's other things about Trump's journey to <laughs> the mysterious East. Where he, you know, consulted with a demented old man who can't tie his shoelaces, and then went to Israel and he wrote a great. He wrote a great note in the like guest book for is it Yad Vashem, yeah, the, uh, which was like it was amazing. It was so great to be here with all of my friends. <laughs> I had the best summer ever. <laughs> He's like the oldest five-year-old boy. It's, it's the Biff, amazing. The Biff Tannen. Presidency. He is. He's Biff Tannen. This is how yeah. Biff Tannen ran his casinos. Yeah, well, um, in the dark timeline in Back to the Future yeah. too. Well, the writer of Back to the Future did say that Biff Tannen was based on the President Biff Tannen was mm. based on Donald Trump. <laughs> it's just yeah. So yeah, that's that's America to cheer you up, get you a bit more oh, upbeat. Man, Jesus. I mean, yeah, yeah. To be honest, some of those things are not surprising. You'd need six sticks of butter if you were going to have. 40 loaves of white bread to go along with your eight chorizo. <laughs> it's just... Well, maybe he lubes up the chorizo and just swallows it whole like a duck. <laughs> I used to work in a nightclub and I used to have to prepare bands riders. Yeah. And it was always the greatest thing in the world, especially if they were... Maybe not... They were they were either looking after themselves because mm. they were on tour or they were just, just at the start of their career and they would be like ravenous drunks so they would like eat two cookies or a pack of crisps and then yeah. you could just take the rest home. Yeah. I imagine, actually, a load of that is pork. <laughs> so, I don't know how he's, uh, how he's managing that in Saudi. Well, that's the thing. I was like... Not that, you know, the Saudis are going to say no. No. No, not really. You <laughs> After know. you've sold them three and a half billion dollars worth of arms. Oh, it's just the worst. But yeah, he's pretty stupid as well. He is the, he's my favourite president. There was a great Rex Tillerson... Um, Tweeted something saying, Ah, on to Tel Aviv, the capital of Judaism. Now. Who says that? <laughs> that was. Salafis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not so much that he, it was the capital that he got wrong. Yeah. It was more the capital of Judaism. It was like, no, mm. no, it's not. Judaism doesn't have a capital. No. The same as Christianity doesn't have a capital. Christianity does have a capital. Yeah. 
It does. It's in the hearts of every nimbying person in the home counties. <laughs> They're not Christians. To be fair, like how many how many of those people have you met who was like a proper Christian? Oh no no. The the worst of them are not Christians. Well it depends. What would you consider a proper Christian? I mean I'm talking about, well, I mean I maybe not live the tenets of as it as the of the religion as it is presented, but there was a great person because LBC is the best for mm. reactionary right wing views and crazy Christians. Yeah. There was a Christian phoning up when they were talking about Tim Farron. Mm. And he was saying that Tim Farron is, um, he's not really an evangelical Christian. He shouldn't be allowed to call himself an evangelical Christian. Wears two kinds of cloth. Got it. Um, right. Well, pretty much. Because yeah. he's, well, he said because he's ashamed of his views. Um, <laughs> he said Ian Paisley was the last great um, Christian politician. <laughs> um, he referred to LBC. Tim Farron doesn't have the ability to yell whore of Babylon at the top of his, <laughs> at the top of his throat. He just can't do it. <laughs> He just um, forms that face and goes, Horror Babylon. <laughs> he said that LBC was um, Islamic Towers. That's what he calls it because of all the Muslims they let on. I, what? Islamic Towers? Yeah. yeah. It's all, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Christians are, they're an odd, they're an odd sort. It's all um, LBC. I always thought to... Muslims preferred, preferred kind of like a garden courtyard. <laughs> I don't know, towers. I mean, you've got a Burji Khalifa in that, but it's. <laughs> I always thought, historically, they preferred, you know, a nice leafy courtyard. Kind of flat, one-storey building. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So, yeah. We're, so, we're, moving, so we're moving away from America. We're moving on to the Tory manifesto. So good. So left-wing. I'm left. I've decided I'm not going to vote for Corbyn now. Yeah. As, as did the Communist Party of Britain. <laughs> They've decided that, obviously, this is the most progressive left-wing manifesto. We've wanted it for years. I mean, I personally have wanted um, nobody but the richest of people to go to university. I also wanted um, my grandparents to die. Your grandparents are dead. It's true. I wanted everybody else's grandparents to die. Because <laughs> you were jealous. What I should have said. Because <laughs> you're jealous of their yeah. grandparents. Yeah. So many grandparents. <laughs> um, yeah, the, um, so the main one that's come out uh, and has had a big, big impact. Actually, before we get into that one, should we talk about the little, the mi- actually, let's go straight to dementia tax. I, I, to be honest, I don't really have it's much else because, um, to be honest, as I said last week, um, this is a larger point I want to expand on in a minute, but their manifesto is a centrist, a centre-right yeah. manifesto. Yeah. They have fully embraced Cameron Blair kind of nudging at the edges of the centre politics, and they're paying the price for it. The only bit of it that does seem new, Mm. and by new, I mean it's stolen, but it's stolen from someone that not many people steal policies from. That is North Korea, Mm. with the idea of a completely controlled internet. Oh, God, yeah. The, the halal That's it. the one I want to talk about before the dementia tax. Yeah, actually, yeah. Halal, oh. halal internet, as somebody <laughs> turned it on Twitter. It's <laughs> Yeah, so she's going to control the internet. Yeah. I assume in the same way that she can control all kinds of things. The air, the waves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that she's going to be able to control Brexit. <laughs> but she was like going to control content. Um, I think the thing is, there's a lot of ways that I think this doesn't. This won't work. Mm. Like it can't work. Yeah. Because who who's going to be? Well, actually, maybe with um the way the job market is, maybe people will take jobs reading through Twitter. Yeah. And saying flagging things for them to ban in Britain, but there is a way they could do it with like um with regards to the bandwidth, mm. like net, net using the kind of stuff, the net neutrality kind of stuff, yeah. where you just slow down the internet to a crawl mm. on things that they don't want. 
the problem with that is they do they'd, they'd have to do it for like Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't like the idea of anyone seeing porn. Yeah, they. But to be fair, again, as I said, there's a lot in this manifesto which is the rehashing of the manifesto that they'd already given. So yeah. deficit. Yeah. Um, like spending cuts, welfare cuts, um, yeah. things like that, um, are already things that they. I mean, the extra. What was it? The extra funding for the NHS. There were extra school places as well. They were already. They were the things that they promised last time. Mm. And this internet thing is also what they promised yeah. last time because they've they've not actually made any specific promises. They said they would. Yeah, it's so vague. They would. They would anything. regulate Google and Facebook, which yeah. to them, again, you've got to view this. You like. They have significant, like, hard-right presence within their mm. party. But they are a centre-right party. They okay. are to the right of what New... Well, New Labour. But they are to the right of what most... Of what Labour and the Conservatives have been for the past 20 years. Yeah. Right? So, what they propose is getting people around the table. Yeah. They propose, oh, we'll have a review. Yeah. And... All it is is a vague kind of policy direction. It's not this is what will happen. It's a policy direction. There's um, what's there was some other bullshit vagaries in it as well. Because there was yeah the internet. Oh, that was it. Um, the things that they're that they're gonna do. There's you know fox hunting. Whether they're gonna either bring it back or have a vote, they'll probably have a vote, and it will if they win, it will go through probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because the people who actually vote and matter on those things are in Parliament, and yeah. there's quite a few of them who stake a, a, a quite a large amount on hmm. the return of fox hunting as um, a cultural. Also, as a cultural, thing, important thing for people to know, it won't change foxes in the sea because, mm. well, they can't do like the the regular horse meat in, through the middle of fucking Walthamstow, and in the countryside they can already trap and shoot and poison. Hmm. I don't know if you can trap. But you can shoot and poison them. Yeah, but, um, but, it's, never been, but it's never been about that, has no, it? It's, I think it's, I it's, a totem, it's a totem thing. It's, it's, um, their, it's their, it's their, their favourite game. It's like if we banned um, polo and scoffing. It's a, it's a. I mean, if you want to get proper meta about it, it's the reinforcement of the ability of that class to decide who lives and dies. You might say that it's you know it's it's a bit of a stretch to kind of compare the fox and the working class, hmm. but it is a manifestation of violence and a well, manifestation their view of, in the co- of killing power. Especially in the countryside, their view of the fox and the working class is pretty similar. Yeah. Going back hundreds and hundreds of years, the working classes are horrible little grubby things that live in the woods on the common land that they want to get rid of. They've got tails. to steal their chickens. And they're all red. They are red. Mm. <laughs> um, but the other one. And this was an interesting one because, you know, you, you think of powerful lobby groups yeah. in Westminster. You think of oil, gas, mm. um, tobacco, mm. alcohol, um, fast food, I suppose, nutritional. Yeah, yeah. Nest- so you think of all these big ones, but I didn't realise that there's one significantly more powerful than all of those lobbies. Mm. That's the antiques lobby. <laughs> because after like one meeting she's like well we're going to carry it we'll um, get rid of the ban on the sale of ivory oh yeah there was that picture of her um, shaking hands with what's her name Lady Victoria Hobson Horton something like that sounds about um, right which I think, she's the MP for Kensington and she's the main advocate of the powerful and the, the article described it as the powerful antiques lobby yeah <laughs> and 
And I imagine, you know, if she lives in Kensington, she needs this this um this band to be got rid of so she can have ivory banisters. <laughs> but that's such a horrible one as well, because like yeah. okay. Um, what are the arguments for? Is what I want to know. It's it's not a the arguments for is that I think they'll like they'll, argument, the they'll arguments like, against like against having a ban is what I mean. I yes. suppose yeah. What they'll they'll say is that they the when it already exists mm. like the ivory's already there. Yeah. Why can't I sell it? Yeah. Why is it just taken away and I don't know what happens with it? Taken away and buried somewhere. Um, they do burn them. Do they? Um, when they I know in certain countries in Africa they do. Um, if they impound a load of ivory, they sit there and they burn it because it's like, well, if we sell it, people will want more of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the that's um that's why we got rid of it, mm. and they yeah they think it's unfair that they're not allowed to sell yeah. it, and it's still that thing with I think it was like a hundred years ago there were hundreds of thousands of elephants. Yeah, now there are not hundreds of thousands of elephants. Yeah. Um, on Ooh, a side note, because you saw of Lovejoy. <laughs> on a side note, you saw that hunter who um, shot an elephant and the elephant collapsed on him and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. That made me feel better today. Um, Sometimes it works out. But yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird one. It's like um like I'm vegan, but I've got an old leather jacket I wear. Yeah, that's the only way I could. And, but it's a bit different for me, like having ivory hilted cutlery, <laughs> an ivory goblet, trading in ivory. I'm not trading in leather. It's like I'm just wearing it because it's my old jacket. Yeah. I don't want to buy a new one. Yeah. I mean, there's very little to there's very little more to say. I mean, there's probably slightly more to say about fox hunting because it's an activity. But yeah, like, it's just, it's just, it's you know who's you know who's dealing in ivory. You yeah. know who has the of most. Of course, to, the Tories want to do it. The most to I say lose to no, those who are not going to make money out of not dealing ivory mm. are going to be the richest, most powerful, well, entrenched antique ivory. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't imagine um, like traditional East Asian health cure things. They're, I don't think they're grinding up the hilts of old butter knives <laughs> to get their ivory. Um, yeah, it's just it's a standard fucking Tory thing. Yeah, but it was done quite quietly. Of course well. it was. It was because, again another one, one of those. That, who's going to be fucking in favour of it? Yeah. You're going to be hard. It's like with the fox hunting thing. I think the fox hunting thing, there are more people who dislike it than you'd think. Yeah. I mean, that kind of willingness to court unpopularity leads me on to my no. next point. Yeah. The social care chapter so of good. the Tories' manifesto. So good. So progressive. Talking. It's a progressive... Oh, it's so good. I mean, as a number of people, and not just like lefties, have proved, it's very specifically not a leftist charge. So the proposal is to make people who need social care, um, if they have... Previously, it was if you had over £23,000 in savings, you had to pay for your own elderly home care. Yeah. Right? That's savings. That's money in the bank. They're going to change this to um, if you have over £100,000 in assets, including your house. It did include your house before? No. Didn't it? It didn't. Okay. It's very specifically did not include your house. Okay, so if you've got money in savings. So... Has anybody here know anybody with uh, a house worth over £100,000? No, no, neither do I. So this will affect nobody. Um. <laughs> well, the thing with this and the people it will affect is, okay, the average cost of um, like in-home healthcare for mm. someone who needs it bad. Yeah. And, and the thing is, this, this counts... You're talking not- about somebody who can't... Uh, live on their own. Yeah. Who will have a fall, yeah. or will leave the gas on, or will fall asleep and, you know... It's about 20 grand a year. Yeah. And 
they've done a slight U-turn now and said they're going to put a cap on it, but they're not telling you what the cap is and they're going to have a review later on about the cap, but they're not going to do a review. And if they do a review, the cap's going to be something like a million pounds. Yeah. But it costs about, about 20 grand. Yeah. Um, the people who it's going to affect the most aren't going to be like the rich and the middle classes. Well, actually, it won't be the proper super rich. Because if you've got... Um, it'll affect people like um, my mum. My mum has taken all the equity out of her house. Yeah. She asked me if I wanted anything when she died. Or could she have fun? Which was like a quite... <laughs> That's I an mean, amazing thing for your mum to argue. Yeah, it's like, have a bit of fun. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, if I have fun. Um, but I think her house is worth about 140 grand. Mm. So... It would have all been like the like the difference between inheriting 140 when you need it and 100 yeah. is quite big. Yeah. The difference between uh, um, inheriting um, 400,000 when you thought you were gonna uh, thought you were gonna inherit 500,000 yeah isn't really as big. No, and that's the problem. Well, I mean, it's it's in a in it's a one ma- of the many problems. Like, I mean, it's a hugely unpopular policy with the Tories' core voter, which are older people yeah um and this was said repeatedly that well the tories have always got a grey vote so they can shore up uh, any kind of losses among other demographics they can mm. always shore it up with a grey vote and their first and most prominent policy is to go after people who own their own houses who are living longer and who might have long-term medical care need well, long-term medical care the people care. that it's going to affect the it's most it's mad how and fucking ruin the most yeah. is going to be so Thatcher won their votes by giving them the right to buy their own houses. Yeah. And now they're going to take that money back off them. I, I, I was going to say, like in a, in a macro sense, a lot of people are talking about this is the end of what Thatcher called the homeowner's democracy, which was she gave everybody the right to buy their own house. This was for her own tactical reasons because um, people with mortgages are less likely to strike. Yeah. Um, kind of focusing people's lives on themselves and their families to the detriment of any kind of shake-up in their larger work life or um, the country as a whole. Hmm. Um, And I imagine, like, the the only thing that I can see a positive is that some wonk somewhere sees the two problems of an ageing population who have houses and a younger population with not enough housing supply, which is making... Um, prices go mm. through the roof. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the main reasons. Mm. House builders don't build enough houses every year um, because it keeps the prices of them artificially, you might say, high. Mm. So with the aging people on one hand, people without homes on the other, what they thought was that, well, if we make people pay for their own care, it means that they're not passing the housing equity that they've built up onto their kids and those houses go back to sale on the market, providing a glut of new houses when these people die, mm. and solving two birds with one stone. Unfortunately, it's fucking bollocks. Yeah, well, because you can't. Because they them. have refused. I mean, they have refused. The one thing that people had was that their parents, the boomer generation, had built up money in housing that they were going to pass on to their kids, whether it was through actual equity or whether it was through the houses themselves it was the thing that shored up the historic like the neoliberal project in this country the conservative project in this country was built up based on that fact Mm. and nobody at any point when they were looking at this policy saw that it was 
trying that it's almost it's almost like they assumed that they were going to get elected anyway and almost assumed that they were the natural party of government that there was no opposition to them and so that it didn't matter about the base material facts of life for even their supporters i think the it was mad i think the reason they've done it is i think i don't even, i'm not even going to credit a wonk with being half smart yeah i'm going to say that it was entirely they need the money and if they don't do something like this harsh now, when could they do it? Because they've never been... Yeah. Well, before the election was called, they've never been more... They've never been higher in the polls. They've never mm. been... You know, this was their best chance in yeah. their heads because Corbyn's so unelectable. Although the polls are changing. Yeah. Um, and I think it was that. It was just, well, if we don't do it now, we'll never be able to do it. Yeah. And we need that money. Mm. Um, and we're not going to tax people for it. Which is probably how you should do it because Ooh. collective insurance is the it's the most efficient and morally it's the best way of doing it. Well, I mean, it, it, it that is the best. That it, you're, you're right. That is the best way of doing it. But it does ignore. I know, I'm right. It does ignore the major fact that the I mean, the entire British ruling class, to a large extent, especially in the Conservative Party, are a part are the party of landlords. Yeah. And these houses, I mean, I say these houses are going to go on the market to. Um, to, to younger people who need a home, like a, a larger home for, yeah. for like family home or whatever, they're not. They're going to get hoovered up by landlords who have, yeah. because of rampant property prices, have more fucking disposable income than they've ever had before. Yeah. Uh, uh, investment income from these rental properties. Really they can just... And they can just turn them all into flats. They can rent them. They can. They don't have to do anything to them because these it's, families have been maintaining them for generations. Something now, like right now, like, okay... You, you're renting, so you're like the target for a first-time buyer. Yeah. Say a property goes up. I could take out some of the equity in this flat, and I could easily get a much bigger deposit than you. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. And that's the thing. You can't... Yeah. No one can compete with that. And I, I'm just with one flat. I'm not someone with like five or ten. Yeah. Um Oh, it's fucking up. The thing is, you know, like I said last week, that what will happen with mm. the Lib Dems, if you vote for them, is they'll go into power with the Tories, mm. and they won't legalise weed. They'll give you a different high, the high of smothering your mother. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Literally, this policy seems to be designed for that. My mum's always been very much in, like, well, I'm just going to, you know, top myself as soon as I forget your name twice in a row. <laughs> um, like, me and one of our friends were talking about um, how... Our parents are stockpiling painkillers. Yeah. And it's either because they want to have fun or if they're just planning ahead. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see my mum doing that. It's suddenly. Actually, I could choose definitely rather that than have her money go to a private company. And that's the thing, it's not going to pay for the NHS. It's not going into. Like, it's not a tax no. that's going to go to the NHS. It's a. It's a it's a massive amount of money into the private sector. It's going into, I mean, very specifically, the financial sector. Yeah. It's going into the, a financial sector that for years and years and years has had a desperate need for any new fund of capital because it can't, I mean, this is a kind of larger question, but capitalism needs to keep recycling that, that surplus capital that it sees within the economy because it can't make money out of added value on on goods it can't sell enough there's no, nothing there's, no. there's nothing for it to sell so it raised pension funds and yeah. now it's exhausted through the pension funds which were some of the things to go in the last crash mm. 
and they're desperately searching for another source of capital. What's and they've the... started devouring, they've started cannibalizing people's savings. Yeah. Which is a weird thing when you think about it, because conservatism has always been, for the, the under capitalism, has always been the protection of, of private property. And rather than go after large-scale property with a capital P, yeah. it's now very specifically going after individuals' private property, like housing and things like that. It's doing the thing that... Well, the thing is, capitalism needs growth every year. Mm. It's like, was it 2% every year forever? Or uh, I think someone, someone did something that was about 3% for the last 250 years. Yeah. It is needed to sustain that on average yeah. in order to keep improving living conditions um, and justifying itself as a social system, mm. as an economic system. And one of the things that is a bad thing for capitalism, which is one of the inherent faults of capitalism, is with capital accumulation, with savings, because that money doesn't get used, it gets taken out of the economy yeah. and just sits there in a big pile, yeah. like a dragon hoarding gold. Yeah. And it doesn't get used. It needs to be it's better if it's constantly running around the yeah. economy. Yeah. And that's how the system is supposed to work. Yeah. So but instead of going for whatever his name is, the Earl of Westminster, yeah. is it the Earl? Yeah. The bloke who was instead yeah. of uh, Duke of Westminster. Yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of taking all of his stuff and just like just, just, just mm. devastating it. They can't bring themselves to do that. So what they'll do is they'll take um Compared to his wealth, mm. a fraction of the amount from yeah. virtually everybody because the because of the addition of of class power yeah um, because they are the people who are the the they are literally the ruling class they yeah. rule so they rule in their own interests yeah. that's why any kind of any kind of analysis of capitalism without resort to analysing the class system that it produces it doesn't reflect the whole bit of it and also any kind of analysis of capitalism as a system which as you say needs capital prefers to have capital liquid and moving around the economy yeah. it does need that to function but what it, again it doesn't take into account is the class power of every single tiny little level of parasite yeah. that drags off capital from that flow in terms of and this is very relevant with the financial sector in the city um in terms of commission fees yeah their this social care policy, as they're creaming off this money as people die and are not able to pass it on to their relatives, they're creaming it off in order to put it into private wealth. Mm. They're doing, largely, exactly the same thing that they've always accused socialism of wanting to do, yeah. which is creaming it off, except in socialism, you use it for the benefit of the collective well, good. Thing, and that's where the fundamental difference... When people say like it's an inherently socialist yeah. policy, it's a left-wing policy, mm. where it shows how... Um, intellectually bereft, yeah. The all of them are yeah. now all the journalist class and yeah. the the policy people in mm. parties, when they think that it's a left wing policy yeah. because of this, because it's literally what they fear socialism is, and what socialism actually isn't is what they fear. It's because I mean it's because they have no ideology. They they yeah. see the current system as it exists. The current state of when I say system I mean the current set of relations between classes and relations between individuals and all those kind of interconnecting, interslicing relations between yeah. people. Um, they look at that and they see the method and they say, well, she's stopping people passing on wealth. Which is in their eyes, on a very superficial level, what they think is a left-wing policy because the left have always been clamouring for higher inheritance taxes hmm. for the wealthy without actually seeing it for what it is, without actually seeing its purpose. Hmm. You know, it's, it's fucking maddening. The, yeah. the, the coverage this week, 
Oh, it's been disgusting. When it first came out, I think it's just about started to turn. It started to turn about the time that they managed to coin the phrase dement- the uh, dementia tax. Yeah. Um, so much so that the Conservatives put, had to actually buy Google search results in order to... What's the truth about the dementia tax? Yeah. And it's you like, the it's, never that, it's never a good look if you have to explain your something called the dementia tax. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Labour Party bought the second one, though. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it was it's starting to turn on them. That, it's, it's and not, that's why they they had a U turn. Not not yeah, they had a, well a sort of U turn. What they did again, I, I can't overemphasize the how centrist mm. this is, and I don't mean ruling from the centre. Weirdly enough, I mean this particular mutant form of like status quo preserving policies. In that their response to a bad policy, to an unpopular policy, was to say, "We'll have a review, and there'll be a cap." They didn't say what the cap was. No. They didn't say what the review would be about. No. But they said, don't worry, there might be some, you know, there's some kind of fungy, gungy edge to this policy where you might not get fucked. And it's it's too much. And, it's well, too late. People, people are repeatedly turned off from that kind of thing. It's pretending. why the Labour right... Um, that's the whole problem with Meliband and the Labour right, because that's all they ever proposed. Mm. And pretending that... The Labour Party are the the chaotic ones, the ones who the the policy. You don't you don't know what they're going to yeah. do. This is literally you don't know how much money mm. it will cost. And yeah. also, it's a really it's a really fucked up thing as well because with home care, mm. if you've given up your life, yeah, because that was a, one of their other things. If you know that you're allowed a year, yeah, off work. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was one of the things that was uh, um, to look after, early on, to, wasn't it? and you, you know, you give up everything to look after your parents in the house. Mm. Um, that it does sound mercenary, but you yeah. would expect something at the end. Yeah. Um, and they still haven't specified what would happen if, say, years from now, my wife loses her mind and I have to look after her at home and I need some help. Yeah. And then she dies. Do they take it then? You don't have any help. Well, do they t- do they take the dementia um, tax? Do they, so, do they take the no, dementia tax uh, it, then, or so, do they take it after I die? As um, well? So what they do is they utilize. I don't know exactly how the mechanism works, but they don't take it while you're in the house. Um, yeah, but once she's dead, she's not in the house anymore. The house is in her name. They get well. There we go. I don't know exactly how that works. But Why would I change it to yeah. be in my name? Because we've paid just did a both and a lot of people like that. Uh, it it would still be um, you would not get. Anything off of it. I mean, I presume this flat is worth more than a hundred thousand. Yeah, it's, it's like significant. It's, it's a two-bedroom flat. You sit place. there like, well, no, it's because I have this. I have this with my mum all the time. When she, um, <laughs> it was like when she was asking me if she could just have the money to have fun with, and it's like, mm. it's it's fine. The way yeah. the the property market's gone, um, a two up, two down in mm. Medway is not close to. The absurd amount of money this tiny flat costs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll. I, yeah, I wasn't going to vote fucking Tory anyway. No, I. But know. Um, it's a reason why, like, I'm. I'm pretty certain my mum and my stepfather aren't going to vote Tory this time. Yeah. Um, they yeah. haven't entirely forgot about their own interests, mm. about their own material interests. You can wave. Well, they the forgot f- that so much, can... but they haven't forgot yeah. about what they're living to their kids. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's they such haven't. A... They have it's it's what they've it's what they've done it's what they were told it's what the boomers were told it was like yeah. get a job the job will look after you don't strike will you know keep you know it's it, it is weird because it was the one thing left 
after everything that Thatcher took, the ability to bargain for your wages, the abilities to um, control aspects of your public services, to, to collectively decide your fate. Sorry, I'm just... And the one thing... <laughs> the one thing you need it. Um, the one thing that they had left was, like I say, the homeowning democracy. Yeah. The one thing that you had, you can own your own council house, but you have to own it. You have to pay for it. You have to pay for the mortgage, but it will be yours. It will be your. And it was getting a lot of little tiny property owners. Hmm. And they've gone straight for it. Like, like this generation of conservatives are fucking idiots and have, for, and have forgotten what their fucking power is based on, hmm. which is that promise. There was another point to it, and I, I was kind of thinking about why... Why this thing in particular? Again, I know it's a it's a function of class power. The main class power of the, of the Tories and of the status quo has been homeowners and, and things like that. Yeah. But they've been hit before. They've been hit with their kids' tuition fees. They've been hit with... Um, they weren't hit. Uh, well, no, their they weren't. Were. Yeah, but they had to pay. If they wanted yeah. their kids to go to university, they had to yeah, pay. They had to pay. And they bore it. They they hmm. it, was, it was taken roughly, but they bore it. Um, the kind of decline in the NHS, a lot of like even people who own their own home are still using the NHS kind of for like private healthcare or anything like that. They took those, I mean, those happened well, for private those reforms. Shit anyway. well, those, That's a thing for another episode yeah, where I yeah. rant, rave about health. Those reforms um, in 2012 hit the NHS hard. It's, it's things have been getting rougher on the NHS yeah. who've been like trying, the people in the NHS trying their very best to keep providing that service, but it's starting to show. Mm. The cracks are starting to show in GP care and things like that. And it was just why this thing hit so hard. Partially it's because it wasn't gradated. It wasn't graded out over a series of years. So it mm. wasn't like, well, this year you'll pay £300 tuition fees. Next year you'll pay 1000 Next intake will pay. So you can spread it across generations and different people. One person is never going to experience the same yeah. kind of privation. It just kind of shows what happens when you're actually exposed to proper neoliberal cruelty. Yeah, because it is a deliberately Kafka-esque cruel thing. You were talking about how you're joking about how it's a progressive, a progressive um, maneuver and progressive tax. Essentially, it is a regressive tax. It hits people um, with houses. I think it's worth between 100 and 150 thousand. It works out as about a 90 percent inheritance tax. Yeah, with some which goes which goes yeah which goes down Hmm. as you get richer. It's specifically a one that if you have to pay it, it will hit you harder. Well, the thing that I thought is exactly the same as the poll tax. Mm. And, you know, council tax is the Mm. same. Um, But it's the genuine unfairness of Mm. a flat rate of tax Mm. of this this lump of money (laughs) that everyone has to pay. Of course, people who've got a million, it's not going to hurt them as much. Yeah. Oh, it's... I mean, I, it, it, I imagine it would be. It's it's a similar kind of um, reaction if, as if they tried to privatise the NHS all in one go. Yeah. Rather than slicing bits off it. Um, it is the thing that makes me really. Um, it's probably the main reason why the polls that came out about Wales yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday or the day before. Yeah, which are the I think are the first polls after this thing. This whole thing was announced. Mm. And. Um, in Wales, the swing was insane. It's something. It's not like um, the Tories who went from being ahead in Wales um, to they lost all of their lead that they'd built up over years, mm. and the Labour Party are higher than they were in two thousand five. Yeah, and it's probably because they're going. It's going to be homeowners in Wales. Yeah, 
are going to be one of the hardest hit groups. Which, let's face it, like one of the last actual stores of wealth in Wales. Mm-hmm. One of the last stores of value that is actually in the hands of people who otherwise don't have, are not capitalists, are working class. It's one of the only stores of value that they have where in a society that tells you that your store of value is how much you're worth. Mm. It's, um, as, a, as a person. Because there's nothing else in Wales that's... Well, I mean, what I mean is their jobs, they're not setting up new businesses. Their jobs aren't... Well, no, there's going to be a jobs lot of jobs are paying that, more. A lot of jobs are going to disappear with Brexit. Yeah. Um, because there's an awful lot of foreign employers in Wales, especially South Wales. Um, but what else do they have in Wales other than some nice beaches? Yeah. And, Beautiful beaches, yeah. And a dragon that may or may not be asleep under a mountain that will chase the Normans out when it gets too much. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's yeah. literally what Wales have. Um, well, no. What else Wales has is like a lot of people whose moral worth is not determined. Well, yeah, of course. That's how, that's how we see. No, no, no. I know, but, um, I know, I know what you're trying to say. But like, I'm just trying to kind of put it in terms where of pointing like pointing a way out of it, and and just how this, why this is like kind of hit so hard. You know. Yeah. Um, the kind of stuff you'd have to go through. Because, I mean, on an ideological point, neoliberalism is always... Um, one of the hidden doctrines of neoliberalism has always been that people need to be kind of aggressive individuals and they need to learn how to be audacious and they need to learn how to be cruel. There's an essential yeah. like ruthlessness and cruelty at the back of free market economics in the last 20, 30 yeah. years. And I think it's just suddenly being and and governments are having to actually, as opposed to like neoliberal intellectuals, governments actually have to deal with the anger of people who are expected to be that cruel and are yeah. exposed to that cruelty. Well, people aren't that cruel. And no. the whole thing with this tax of why everyone is so revolted by mm-hmm. it is it's that whole we had capitalism with a human face and the mm-hmm. human face just slipped yeah. big time yeah. off it. And then just start to grab at your nan's face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's. <laughs> and just I I I I desperately want to see like there, if there was if there are minutes of a meeting that where they where they propose this uh, they're just so they're just so far removed. I they're did. so far removed from what they these people who worship fucking polls mm. and numbers and focus groups and like think like have mood boards and shit like that and they fucked it up so fucking badly the thing is it, that whole focus group poll mm. orientated policy it doesn't work anyway because okay I watch an absurd amount of TV mm. and it's really obvious when you watch a TV programme that was made by committee yeah. it's unwatchable mm. it's appalling mm. and they're starting to realise this now with how people are getting <laughs> so angry with it I did like with how many Tories said that they had no awareness of this policy, they weren't consulted at all. Yeah, they started to turn on her, didn't and they? And I think they probably were. Yeah. But as soon as it came out, how much everyone hated it, they were like, yeah. mm. and she's been a she's been appalling. Did you see that um, note where um, that bit where she had to defend uh, the policy uh, on camera? I think there was a journalist who asked her a question about the dementia tax. She starts shaking and shaking oh. her head dramatically from side to side. She's crooked down. Her oh, she's body terrible. language is fucked. She's so well, vulnerable on any important question. She's terrible. She's always had a really terrible reputation for 
one of the things that she does is she never changes her mind. Mm. And that's... But that's, she's brittle. Yeah. she's She doesn't seem to have... For all of the... Because all of her posters are vote me. Yeah. Not vote Tory. No. It's vote... Not vote Conservative. No. It's vote me for and, Brexit. And she's trying to desperately change the conversation back to Brexit. I mean, that's going to be disrupted, obviously, by this week's uh, events yeah. and, and the campaigning. We'll have to see when they start again... Although next week, that or, thing, or I have seen, I have seen reports that they've said that they, um, there's been talk of delaying any campaigning now until Friday. Hmm. But there are reports of Tories leafleting today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I do be, and they've been pushing hard online about it all. Yeah. But, um, I did see. Did you watch her on Andrew Barr? I didn't. No. Not Andrew Barr on. Um, the other one. Robert Peston. Um, no, no, no. The BBC guy, Private Eye likes to show that picture of him in a string vest of a young girl. Oh, Andrew Neil. That's the there one. There we go. Daily politics man. Yeah. Um, and he's like, if you're gonna, if you're a Tory and you're going to be interviewed by a journalist, yeah. he's probably your first pick. Former editor of the t- uh, yeah. Sunday Times, I yeah. think. Fairly avuncular kind it's, of guy. Occasionally or... bears his teeth, but mainly against liberals and yeah. left. It's and... him or Nick Ferrari, you know. You're gonna, you want to go for someone, you know, <laughs> who's going to just pat you on the head while he yeah. asks you a soft question. And she was falling apart. And I did see some brilliant person on um, Twitter did say that she was essentially Comrade Barlowing the entirety of the UK. <laughs> um, if you don't know who Comrade Barlow is, he's alive, yeah. Is, he's in prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was... He's very much in prison. Yeah. Well, I thought he might be dead. But he can't die, because he's God. Well, yeah. Um... He was a Maoist cult leader from South London yeah. who had a harem of women. Yeah, he, he kind of he kind of ran house. a weird uh, pseudo Maoist offshoot. Maybe close to Maoist. Yeah, really. like pseudo pseudo Maoist offshoot. Um, it that was essentially it was essentially a cult, but had a lot of the other tra- yeah, it had a lot of the trappings of a, a cult or a religious movement or something. It said he had like the Chinese had built him a satellite that he could control with his mind. Yeah, that would um, blast you with uh, rays and said he caused earthquakes and volcanoes and stuff um, like that. Told them if they lied to him that the world would end. That yeah. kind of that kind of stuff. I think it was one of the best stories about him was. One of the things he said to the women was when a Domino's pizza man knocked on their door by accident, mm. he caused an earthquake in Japan. <laughs> and it was because something like the name of this town in Japan translates as like doorway or something. <laughs> but yeah, she's essentially doing that now. She's like, you've got to have I mean, me to, because to, to I'm give, the only one who could do Brexit without me. Everything will fall apart. To it's, give Comrade Bala his due, she has nowhere near the control over her messaging that he had. Mm. Very, very strong messenger. Almost a... Uh, almost a Tony Blair. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's at the, getting his message across. The thing with the internet stuff is that's what she wants. She wants us to be trapped in a kitchen mm. in in South London, with the only information coming to us is the information that she says okay to. Yeah, and then she'll full on Comrade Baller us. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I don't, I don't. I mean, there, I watched Sunday Politics the other day for the first time in in ages, and they were trying to their pre-interview kind of uh, thought for the like introduction was um, ah the Tories uh, I think are largely reflecting the uh, the British public socially right wing economically left wing and uh, yeah aside from the truth of that it's fucking bollocks I was screaming at the TV saying economically left wing and socially right wing is fascism. Ooh. It's actual doctrine of fascism, you fucking idiots. But they don't they don't know. Oh, it's 
it's yeah I don't know I mean I think like they've the media have kind of I think one of the things affecting those polling numbers as you're saying also the Tories have had a fucking atrocious a uh, couple of uh, week, well, weeks since their, their manifesto mm. launched atrocious for them um, but also the kind of the media climate around Corbyn is slightly softening because I think they've kind of punched themselves out on him yeah well, they, they tried the IRA smear for what must be the third or fourth time since move, he's been should we move on to Labour now I think we can move on to Labour yeah. I just wanted the, the, to the, the, I don't the, really have a lot to yeah. say about Labour this well, week no, the IRA smear there's a couple of problems with using mm. the IRA stuff to stop people voting for Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Everyone already knows. Yes. The people who are on who support him mm. and are willing to vote Labour know mm. and being told again isn't going to change their mind. Yeah. Um, there is the thing of our generation specifically, people like us and younger, have had years of reconciliation stuff yeah. with regards to the IRA so we don't see it see the notion of talking to members of the IRA as yeah. bad um, Jerry Adams isn't the most dangerous man in Britain to us yeah. he's just some old man yeah and he's kind of sweet I remember he was like it was a while ago when just quite adorable he tweeted like I'm ill so I won't be tweeting much today it's like <laughs> he's just a granddad with a Twitter account. Yeah, he's. I mean, they've like. Yeah, he's he's transformed, transformed his his image from from that that the, the well, British and that's been the him. that's been the push for so long. Yeah, and so the idea that they can backtrack it suddenly just for this election campaign is dumb. Yeah, it has been weird seeing still how the media, virtually every part of the media is complicit in trying to take down the Labour Party. Yeah. More so than any time in my lifetime. Yeah. yeah. Um though the thing I would say about when the on Radio Four they were do they were doing about um tuition fees. Yes, yeah, yeah. And John Humphreys had just a student. Yeah. A student who had he said he had no problem with paying tuition fees. Yeah. And the idea of making the poorest people pay more taxes so rich people can go to university sickens him. And he was just portrayed as a normal, just a student. Yeah. They never mentioned at all that his name, he's he's called Tom Harwood, and they never <laughs> mentioned at all that he's, oh, I know who the, yeah, he was the yeah, NUS no, candidate for the I've Conservative Party. Him, yeah. um, he's a Tory, he's a hardcore Tory activist. I think in his Twitter byline he says that he did Brexit a bit. <laughs> yeah, he's like one of, I, I've actually, I came across him because he ran for NUS president. Yeah. Um, last time, I believe he got something like 30 votes or something. No, it's he had the most media coverage. Yeah. I think he had the most expensive campaign and he got yeah. 35 votes. Um, so his weird thing was, yeah, okay, he's one of these, um, he's one of these student Tories who has things like, yeah, I'm, you know, Liberty G, but well, not Liberty G, because that's an actual fascist party, but, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I love Liberty. You know, I'm a, I'm a Liberty guy, you know, and he attends things like, you know, the defense of Western civilization fucking workshop or something like that. I'm not smearing him. I don't actually know whether he went to it or whether that actually even exists. But <laughs> it's the kind of thing... I'm stereotyping him is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. unfairly stereotyping him. Maybe. But uh, Here we go. Here's his Twitter bio. Yeah. It's got a picture of him. Vote Conservative on yeah. his Twitter. Yeah. Did my bit for Brexit. Working to secure a strong and stable government this election. Soon to be flying off to be a communications person in DC. Mm-hmm. 
I think you went to university in Durham before you went to Cambridge. Durham, that's the retard one, isn't it? Nah, Durham's alright. Durham, I, I've heard Durham's pretty good. I wouldn't know. I don't know. But um, I've, I've, I've heard it's alright. But yeah, Karen. But no, when he was running for NUS president, because he's running against, um, I think her name Malia Boetia, who's um, a Moroccan um, family, came from Morocco. Um, like, pretty, like, lefty, um, like, active in the... Um, uh, Palestinian uh, yeah. liberation movements. So an anti-Semite like is what you're saying. Um, She's a vile left-wing anti-Semite. Do you think at any point she was smeared as an anti-Semite? Yes, I think this. There was a significant Did Tom Harwood specifically say she was an anti-Semite? You did. No, the interesting Surely thing... No, hold on. The interesting thing was he didn't at first. <laughs> now, his campaign was run like this little tick trying to burrow into the side of the NUS, which was seen as kind of this... He said, ah, oh, you know, I'm just an ordinary student. Students aren't interested in politics, you know. Students <laughs> just want, like, the NUS to, like, help them out with, you know, the things that they have to do every day. They don't want to engage in all of these, like, anti-racist stuff. Come on, I'm cool. And he had, like, loads of, like, viral marketing and, like, mm. loads of YouTube videos of him, like, you know, like, like really out-of-date student stuff, like, sitting in baths of beans and, like... Yeah going around hopping on one leg all day and wearing like brightly coloured scarves and all that kind of thing and it was only as he got further into his campaign that you're like you are quite hard right mate <laughs> and it was like it was so obvious he's saying it was so bath. obvious that he's this like weird like Manchurian candidate <laughs> trying to get in as this weird centrist when he's as hard right as they can be sitting in a bath of beans on a YouTube video then the mm. camera flickers mm. goes straight into his face and it's like they're going to tax you they're going to raise VAT to 50%. Yeah, um, the thing is, one of the things about him that did make me really chuckle is because for someone who's so into, you know, paying his way and all this kind yeah. of stuff, he crowdfunded his trip to America. <laughs> um, of course he did, because no one would fucking pay for him. No. No one would fucking fund him. His he got parents. the money. His parents didn't pay him. Oh, well, maybe they did. Um, my name is Tom Harwood, and I'm passionate about liberty. That's a warning sign. Yeah. In order to work in Washington, D.C. this summer to help advance the cause of free markets, free trade, and free people, I'm going to have to obtain a visa. Free people, I bet you he's got some staunch views on immigration. Yeah. Um, please feel free to tell me to piss off, but a visa to work in America this summer will set me back $2,715 overall. And if you can and if you can give even just $5, that would be a massive help, and I will be forever in your debt. Little heart emoji. I don't think he got the money as fast as that. Um, black girl from South London who put up a crowdfund to so she could go study at Harvard. I think she was yeah, at Oxford, yeah. um, and Stormzy paid it. Nice, yeah, because he's just a nice guy. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's a piece of shit. But basically, he's a Tory. He's very much a Tory. Yeah, he's a and Tory. they never mentioned for a second he was just some student. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that they're doing. It's fucking people treating you like you're a mug. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, because I most not, people I are not... mugs, because most people don't have the time. Like, if you're listening to BBC Radio, if you're listening to yeah. Radio 4 and you're listening to it, you why would you think Tom Harwood, oh, that name sounds familiar, I'm going to look it up? You'd just hear it as, oh, there was this student I heard on the TV, on the radio. He and seemed he to make like, a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said it was fine. He said he's going to be able to pay off his debts really easily. And if he can't pay off his debts, it, will, it, it won't, you know, accum it won't accumulate and he'll be able to pay off later. It does accumulate. The, yeah. the interest go up every it month. absolutely does. So I have a student loan from a few years ago and yeah, debt shouldn't have gone to university you should have just married up like I did <laughs> <laughs> the true left wing thing I'm just reappropriating slowly it's just, yeah it's just like I don't I don't like I'm not 
of student. I don't. I don't particularly follow student politics as as far as like the NUS goes or anything. But I know a few like lecturers and things like that who are involved in like campus pol like like campus politics for a better word. Mm. And yeah, they all knew who he was, and they all knew exactly where he was coming from. Yeah, and it's like the idea that you could just fool people as if he's this common sense everyman advocate. It's fucking dressing up Mr. Burns with a skateboard yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. It's. Oh. It's. I'm just a normal student. Here's my book. Yeah, building a rainbow. Hoi, fellow students. Yeah, it's it's so dumb, and it's that kind of stuff is what the main makes me sound like I should be on Infowars, but what the mainstream media is doing. Yeah, and it's because, and more so than Nigel Farage ever, they like this. Corbyn does. Actually, yeah. represent a genuine threat to their power. Yeah, they're desperate. They're, yeah, with people like him, they're desperate for the the one answer, the one common sense, tapping into the real soul mm. of Britain. Answer, and, um, and you're not going to get it because it doesn't exist. And the other thing that happened is um, Boris was on Peston, and oh, what happened? I didn't see that. Well, well, Peston was tweeting it like quite happily that Boris read all the questions beforehand because of course he could read the questions beforehand because he's just mm. someone selling a new album or a new film. Yeah. He's no different. Yeah. And that's one of uh, the questions about the problem. dementia tax, they are off yeah. limits. And then there were people complaining saying that John McDonald said it would be helpful if you could show me the questions first. Mm. And they're like, oh look at him he wants to control the media. And it's like, oh I think Richard Seymour said it pretty greatly. He said all these people of all these people in the media are afraid that we're um, that we're coming for them. You'll know when we're coming for you. <laughs> Pretty easy. Very mm. easy to find. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's not um, a bit else with Labour. So, Apart so, from the soaring, soaring ahead in the polls in Wales. Soaring yeah. ahead. And it is... It, I know, you know, Wales is, is red. Wales, and in well, theory, no, Wales would always sliding, be red. It was but it wasn't. for a few Tories, years. Yeah. Well, not for a few years. Um, the the Labour's vote share in Wales has been going down solidly since... I'm not sure if you know if any. Can you think of anything big that happened in '97? '97, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and no, since no. then, their vote share has gone down massively. Yeah, massively. And now it's just shot all the way back. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see what happens with the rest of England. Yeah. I imagine the English will carry on being fucking stupid, but you know, English is as English does. <laughs> yeah, kind of seeing the poll numbers this week. It's kind of that court between. Like, I'm not bothered about. I'm not bothered about making a fool of myself. I'm not bothered about being disappointed, about really hoping for something and not getting it, because that's like my entire life up until yeah, now. We're, we're lefties. We're, like, I, we're not like... Um, I mean, I'm not, not just like some I'm not just even talking as a left-wing person. I'm talking as a person. <laughs> we're like, we're not, um, I'm a very disappointed man at heart. <laughs> well, I remember when, you, when, you're working in, um, when you're working in that knocking shop in... Um, Oh, in Birmingham. In yeah, Birmingham, yeah, yeah. and there was that was a. Uh, we prefer that we prefer the term uh, budget hotel. <laughs> there was that um, that Portuguese bloke that you worked with, and you were talking to because I was living in Australia. And you were talking to me, and you were like, "He has this certain thing about him, this way of walking with his back straight." I think it's pride. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't expect, I don't expect anything ever. We're not yeah. fucking Hillary voters mm. who, or, or Remainers who, as soon as the way doesn't go our way for the first time, that we're going to start crying and screaming for yeah, a reroll. That's what I mean, yeah. We're, we're, well, for a start, yeah. before we even got into politics, we played a lot of RPGs. Mm. We're used to rolling a lot of wands. Yeah. Um, and so we're not going to be 
that surprised. Like I'll put my I'll put my thing. I I I want Corbin to win. Definitely. I have a an inkling that now more than ever that he can win, and I'm not bothered. Uh, like it's the whether you say yes, I believe he will win. I suppose it's like an act of faith. No. Like, I believe he will win. I'm not bothered about like appearing above no. the fray or cleverer no. than anyone else. No, it's not like a prediction. Like, oh well, oh. I, I, I think clearly to re- the poll numbers say Theresa May can't lose. No. But you know, I, it, the poll numbers still suggest that Theresa May would win, and I don't want to get my hopes up and be like totally positive and say, yeah, fucking Corbyn, my man, he's got it. Yeah, but I hope. I dream. There is more positivity around it, and I'm willing to enjoy that for as long as it mm. as long as it goes on. Well, one of the things I do want to do is for with the election week. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we got some plans on election week. Yeah. We? Instead yeah. of releasing a show on Wednesday, yeah, we'll release the sh- show on the day after the election. Yeah, we're going to do because a brief we're, thing. We're having a party. The, so what um, I was thinking we'd do is we'll, we'll have like um yeah. like. We'll record like a half an hour or so with yeah. us and everyone here about how we're feeling, yeah, what we're hoping for, yeah. and then I'll record either the morning after or maybe straight after it's called with us drunk and either me just singing Kalinka mm-hmm. and insisting that he's done it, let's go out and start lynching poshos, mm. which is, you know, exactly what we'll do. Or we'll just go. Well, this is never going to happen anyway. We'll just yeah. <laughs> I'm you know I'm not bothered about if it comes to it. You know, reining myself back in and saying, hey, you know, I, I I hoped he would win. These are the reasons why he didn't. Yeah. Like I think you can have that. You can have enough of a, a, a mind about you, enough of a, a, a rational analysis of the situation to say hey, it's fucking well hard mm. for him to win. But I don't know. I'm more positive now than I have been. Either way, afterwards I do want to do something, get involved in something. Yeah. Like politics. I saw um, Salacrisi this week. Oh, yeah. Walking the dog. Oh. I saw Salacrisi, lo- my local MP, soon to be your local MP as well. Yes. And I'm moving around your ends. Yeah. Um, she smiled at me. Okay. And then she noticed my lapel pin. <laughs> and then she grimaced. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of why I want to get into maybe local politics and do something, even if it just involves me. You should run for council. No, I can't be asked to do anything like that. <laughs> but no, just um, just get involved in doing something to help out somewhere in yeah. some way, so I don't feel so powerless Look. and empty. Um, but also, yeah, you know the lapel pin I was wearing. I was yeah. wearing my my lovely um, Victory nineteen seventeen Lenin one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's delightful. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try and make you forget your worries. You make me forget my trouble. All right. Okay. I've got a good article. It's not well written. Okay. They never are. No, but this one is particularly <laughs> badly written. Oh, awesome. Because it's written by probably one of my favourite people to read anything by, <laughs> especially for someone who's so bad at writing. It's like Warhammer 40k rule book short story level of Hey, bad. whoa, whoa, whoa. They turned it around in 8th edition. <laughs> okay. In The Spectator. Okay. Toby Young. Oh, Bullfrog of the Year. <laughs> Three years running. Okay. We'll talk a bit about Toby Young after mm. I read out this, this um, excerpts of this article because it is fucking grueling. Yeah. Okay. okay. Whether you look at leaders or voters, Labour is now the stupidest party. 
Okay. Based on what, you might ask. Okay, what's the title of the article? Sorry. That's the title. Oh, oh, that's oh no, the... The, the, the actual title is Stupid Is As Stupid Votes. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. The lower the mean IQ of a constituency, the more likely it is to return a Labour MP. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going to read out a couple of bits because right. it's fucking funny. I'm going to assume this is well-researched <laughs> by a complete non-idiot. John Stuart Mill is usually credited as the person who first called the Conservatives the stupid party, but that isn't quite accurate. Rather, than refer, rather, he referred to the Tories as the stupidest party, and he didn't mean it was more stupid than every other party in the country, just the Liberals. If you substitute the Lib Dems for the Liberal Party, that probably isn't true anymore, and it certainly isn't isn't true if you include Labour in the mix. No, I think there is now a strong case of passing the ground to Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. Uh-huh. He can really just... That was very us. confusing, because it was like he, he kind of started saying stupid. I mean, he started it like he always does, by the appeal to authority. I'm not hot on, like, fucking no. rhetoric rules or anything, but, like, they all start like that. As the Roman poet Seneca once said... Yeah. You know, they start with that kind of, I've had a classical education. Hmm. Whereas, you know, it's like, as the great Khan once said, (laughs) I will not let your blood touch the earth, so I'll wrap you in a rug. (laughs) As the noted poet Steve Ignorant once said. (laughs) Yes. Once quipped. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't thick, it's just a trick. Um, It's so bad, it's so badly written. It took me... A long time to read this article. When like, you have to decode that's the sentence like that, because he kind of brings in the the, the, the quote hmm. and then says, quote wrong, <laughs> and then says, actually, if you substitute the Lib Dems for the Liberals, well, I mean, they, they are kind of, but it's more complicated than that. Then it's like, add another thing. It's like, what kind of mad grammar <laughs> math are you doing? If you look at Labour's leaders, this is a very recent development. Harold Wilson, Harold Wilson was the most brilliant Prime Minister of the 20th century. Having got the highest first in his year in PPE. Okay. PPE, one of the lowest rent of low rent degrees. When people talk about worthless degrees, PPE is definitely up there with, I don't know, um, what would be one that Tories would well, say is worthless? Um, I mean, they, they go on and on about the, the old ones, media studies. Media studies is significantly more important because it takes you to critically analyse things. Yes, but they don't want you to critically analyse things yeah. because they view critical analysis and not instant judgement as a worthless trait. Roy Jenkins, who Thank served you. as his Home Secretary, thought that academically he was up there with Peel, Gladstone and Asquith. Admittedly, Neil Kinnock was no brain box, but he was an aberration. I... Yeah, no, really smart people use terms like brain box. Yeah. Fucking... Oh... <laughs> God. But he was an aberration. He's eternally like a school fucking prefect. He would you never know, have been like allowed to be a policing... Toilet monitor. Oh, God. I bet you he's got some view on um, non-gendered toilets as well. <laughs> um, admittedly, Neil Kinnock was no brain box, but he was an aberration in an otherwise impressive line of clever clogs. From... Uh, and uh, <laughs> I repeat my last point, substituting yeah. in the word clever clogs. From Keir Hardy to Ed Miliband. What's I never thought that Ed Miliband was a genius. The, the Labour fight used to be smarter. Okay. Um, it's only in the last two years that Labour has fallen off a cliff. In terms of IQ, Jeremy Corbyn's must be at least two standard deviations lower than his immediate predecessor. Okay, for a start, he doesn't know what a standard deviation no, is. No, I was about no. to say, I because don't know maths two standard well, but... deviations lower than... Yeah, two standard deviations lower than his immediate predecessor. That Unless Ed Miliband was re, like proper smart... Yeah. 
that puts Jeremy Corbyn into diagnosed as retarded type <laughs> areas. Um, and Diane Abbott and John McDonnell are scarcely front bench material. To my mind, this has been the most striking feature of the general election campaign so far. The lack of intellectual candle power in Labour's top team. So he thinks that Diane Abbott's stupid. I don't know why he thinks Diane Abbott's stupid. Diane Abbott's not he doesn't stupid. Explain she may why. be a lot of things, but she's not stupid. Um, it's like that thing, like she fucked up, but she's not... Yeah, no, I'm not even talking... But the thing I'm is, just, a yeah, lot of people yeah. fuck up. Do you know what John McDonald did when he had... People don't... I don't... I've got no... The thing is, we've got your journalism. Like that whole thing of remembering the numbers exactly right. Yeah. I've not got... Because they're not going to be have to do it as a test. Yeah. They're not going to be told to do it without any kind of fucking stuff to look at. Oh, it's so dumb. And also the the kind of the ranking of like he hasn't he's introduced a kind of intellectual caliber. So mm. I they went to Oxford. Yeah. And then not told us what John McDonnell and Diane Abbott did. So is he just having a go at them because they didn't go to Oxford? Yeah. Did so. they go to I actually I don't, don't, I genuinely, genuinely don't I have know. no idea. Like, I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't either, but also that's I, yeah. He's an education. He was an education guy. He was the free schools guy, wasn't he? He was one of them. He had a failed free school, and he opened another one. Yeah. Um, but if you look at Labour's voters, this phenomenon goes back much further. As far as I know, the first serious study of the link between intelligence and voting preference was done in 2008 by a group of academics at the Medical Research Council led by the eminent Scottish psychologist Ian Deary. Before that, plenty of research had been done into the link between occupational status and voting behaviour, uh-huh. even educational background, but not general cognitive ability. Okay, here's a couple of things. First off, that reads like a Wikipedia article that's copy-pasted. Yeah. Um, IQ is not the best test of cognitive ability. Yeah. IQ has got a lot of things wrong with it. One of its foremost things being it's an old way of testing that's horrifically skewed towards upper-middle-class white men. Yeah. yeah. And that's why the testing... Bears out that way. And even with that, um, the Chinese and the Japanese score higher than us. Yeah. And Indians, I think, as well. Yeah. Because it specifically, it tests the training that they've undergot, that they've mostly yeah. undergone it's supposed in it, private schools. When it was designed, kind of... it was designed specifically to be a test that couldn't be trained for. But yeah. you, can trust for, you can train for logic fucking puzzles. Yeah. And they're bullshit fucking puzzles. Um, well, no, I've... I've, I've I, I mean, when I was studying psychology, well, no, I, re- I did IQ tests. Yeah. I've scored quite highly on IQ tests. Yeah. I don't think I'm that much smarter than anyone else. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, but did I'm you quite have to, good at math. Yeah, but did you have to do one of those like little puzzles where you got the two rings and you've got to like, <laughs> unlink them, but they've got loads of twists and turns in them? I'm pretty good at them. But no, it doesn't. It's that. That isn't why I vote. That isn't why I vote the way I do. Um, then what we have is a lot of stuff that's just statistics. Okay. It's statistics of, it's just a lot of numbers, a lot of bullshit numbers. Give me one statistic. Is there a way of unwrapping one as a, as an example? Because obviously it could go on forever. Um, hmm. Deer and his team were able to look at this by using data from the 1970 British cohort study, which measured the IQs of more than 10,000 children born in 1970. Uh In 2004-05, they persuaded 6,352 of them to respond to a survey about how they'd voted in the 2001 general election. So it was self-selecting. Yeah, and how they intended to vote in 2005. And on that basis, we're able to um, draw some conclusions. 
They uh-huh. found that the mainstream party whose voters had the highest mean IQ was the Liberal Democrats, uh-huh. then the Conservatives, then Labour, finally bringing up the rear UKIP. So more than 10 years ago, the Labour Party's voters were not as intelligent as the Tories, although more intelligent than UKIPs. Okay, here's the thing. Doesn't Dem- that undermine his entire point? Well, th- By th- saying th- that the Lib Dems were more intelligent? <laughs> there is a later study that he then goes on to. But the problem is that, is that kind of proves the kind of thing that the people who score highest on IQ tests are... Higher on a in a higher in a higher class, higher socioeconomic class, and white, yeah. and Lib Dem voters tend to be, yeah, like I mean, we're upper we're, middle class we're and not, white. We're not going to sit here and pick it apart. I'm sure you could, we could if we had methodology and things like yeah. that. But at the same time, it's I can't help but feel that the first study he picks out said that Lib Dems were more intelligent than Conservatives, mm. which wouldn't surprise me actually. I, it, it's not even. I'm not even also, questioning. I'm questioning his thesis of like the conservatives are actually have the smartest voters in tests. Lib Dems were the smartest voters. Yeah. So it's a basic failure of reading comprehension. Um, but then there's well then there's a, the later test, the later study, which was in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, he found that there was a positive. I'm, just, I'm skipping a lot now. Yeah. He found there was a positive association because he fills it full of a lot of guff. Yeah, 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 sure. He's, he's got, got to get a word count. He's know? got to get his he's word count. He can't just count. constantly bitch yeah. about the UN. <laughs> um, he found that there was a positive association between mean IQ and voting Conservative and a negative association between mean IQ and voting Labour. Uh-huh. So the higher the mean, the more likely the constituency was to return a Tory MP in 2015. Uh-huh. And the lower the mean, the more likely it was to return... He's just such a... So the people who did better in school... Yeah. Which repeatedly, I mean, I'm quoting my own, not my own studies, but like studies that I've read, are that people in higher socioeconomic classes generally do better no matter what the school, generally do better at school, and IQ is designed to utilise the things you learn at school. So what you're saying is the richer people have higher IQs and have a class interest in voting. Well, there's no mention of class. Oh, well, I mean, no, I didn't expect there to be, but you know. Um, um, Carl looked, also looked at a link between IQ and voting UKIP and while that association was also negative mm-hmm. it wasn't as negative as it was in Labour's case in other words low intelligence was more strongly correlated with voting Labour in 2015 than it was voting UKIP mm-hmm. of the four main parties Labour defi- definitely attracted the least intelligent voters that year Okay. no doubt a similar piece of work will be done when the results of the general election are in mm-hmm. and the fact that the Conservatives will attract so many former Labour supporters may lower the average IQ of their voters, <laughs> but it is unlikely to fall below that of Labour, says noted scientist Toby Young. Yeah. Um, whether you measure a party's intelligence by the IQ of its leaders or its voters, Labour is now the least intelligent party. Okay. So, it, that isn't true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the fundamental thing, that isn't true. Also, he does manage to... Okay, the amount of okay paragraphs I skipped because it was just... Numbers and Wikipedia copy paste. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. One, two, three, four, mm. five. Yeah, five out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm. nine. Mm. Out of those, were essentially copy pasting from some fucking thing from this particular study. Yeah, which I'm. Going to assume, seeing as it was people who agreed to do it, yeah. was not, didn't take a lot of other social factors into account. Probably not. Okay. No, it's it. And 
But yeah, so if you vote Labour, you're dumb. Basically, that's the whole point of the article. The whole point of this yeah. article in The Spectator is if you vote Labour, you're dumb. Don't be a yeah. dummy. Vote Conservative. Because they're the party of smart people. Well, I mean, no. Because it, it it doesn't actually say that. It says, it doesn't say that if you're Labour, you vote Labour, you are dumb. What it says is that if you are dumb, you vote Labour. And because this is a static quality measured over time, <laughs> you will always vote Labour. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't prove what he wants it to prove. But it doesn't prove that. And it, I, I assume that there's a... Pro- that sounds from the kind of run-through we've had that it has a fucking uh, particular problem with how it's presented. I don't know. Yeah. It's almost as if he didn't pay much attention. I've just been there's looking um, at hang his... Hang on, before um, you oh, go sorry, to his Wikipedia, there's a couple of... Just a couple of little articles he's written that I was going to just mention. Yeah. So you know you know that he's a smart guy and he's a mm. great guy. Um, Who will rid me of this turbulent beast? Status anxiety. Last year's Christmas puppy has turned into a snarling, slobbering hound who has ruined my life. An article which goes on forever and ever where he bitches about how he should never have gotten a puppy for Christmas. <laughs> um, and there was another one he wrote where he talked about how he's so much happier now he's realised he doesn't need friends. No, I remember that. That was the one where it's like um, uh, his best friend organised him a, uh, a stag party and then didn't turn up. <laughs> So he doesn't need friends. The friend, it was, it was, friendship, like it was called like myth. friendship is overrated or the friendship myth or something. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't have friends. Um, I, you know, I, I think we have not fully given Toby Young his due after the not getting his puppy for not getting a puppy for Christmas. Well, no, he got a puppy. He, he got a puppy it. for Christmas and not for life. Hmm. Um, he's done sterling work in the uh, don't touch that, it's hot uh, genre. <laughs> um, and colours and shapes <laughs> as well. Really, really good. I've been really interested to see how well he'd score an IQ test. And I find them really bad. I think they're really a horrible thing that reinforces um, negative... It reinforces... It's a bad thing that reinforces if you're dumb and enforces that you're better than than everyone else if you score well. It's stupid. It's like streaming in general. Yeah. So, I've just been uh, having... uh, Toby Young. um, I've just been looking up his Wikipedia... Yep. Um, his father was Michael Baron Young of Dartington, a Labour life peer and pioneering sociologist who coined the word meritocracy. Although entitled to use the style the Honourable Toby Young, he does not. Oh, does he not? Straight mistake. It's not something someone with a high IQ would do because they would realise that the social capital gained mm. by using the title would far offset any embarrassment he might feel. <laughs> <laughs> about, I can't. I can't continue. Like, it's a so topic. his father coined the so, term meritocracy, but then you know, left him a title. <laughs> left him a title that he didn't use. <laughs> um, no, I, I think more important is uh, Toby Young's education. Okay. He left school at sixteen with one grade C GCE. He did menial jobs under a government workfare program. He then retook his O-levels and went to the sixth form at high, in, uh, sixth form in Highgate, leaving with two Bs and a C at A-level, and managing to obtain a place at Brasenose College, Oxford. Young claims he was sent an acceptance letter by mistake. <laughs> well, because he, um, he wrote a film. He wrote a, he wrote a book that was turned into a film. Uh, it was um, how, how, to make... to lose, how to Lose Friends and Alienate People. <laughs> He's the worst. But wait a minute, that's the opposite of what he should do. As a canny, high IQ mm. social mover... Mm. Um, oh no, no, sorry, I can't say social movement because that doesn't determine anything. It's just IQ. If it's just IQ, yeah. um, 
That's the opposite of what you should do. He was awarded a first in philosophy, politics and economics. Oh, the worst degree! And then worked for the Times for a six-month period. (laughs) It's just a guarantee. Who are you going to have a better conversation with? Someone who did a degree in fine arts? Yeah. Someone who did a degree in PP? I'd have a better conversation with someone who did a degree in fucking business studies. Yeah. (laughs) Then someone tells me about how nature affects fucking economics. Hey. Go to that another point. (laughs) Well, yeah, only in with regards to properly funding gum clinics because of syphilis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been... I, I, I'm often kind of divided on whether he or Dan Hodges is the stupidest man in British media. Dan Hodges is stupid. Dan Hodges is evil. Yeah, I think Dan Hodges has more intention. He's got some light behind the eyes. Mm. Toby Young just seems to spew things out and not realise how much he's being owned. Life yeah. is owning him. Well, no, it's, it's, it's it doesn't, like... it doesn't need you to be his friend. He's mummy's good boy, and he doesn't <laughs> need you to be his friend. He's yeah. like James Sellingpole. There's like a, quite a few of them that are like proper mummy's good boys. Yeah, yeah. But they're all. But they start their career as like they're the tough guys who are willing to say the things that no one else is willing to say. Like their brands are always built on them being. Oh, I'm. What are you doing? I'm just over here dispelling a few myths. Yeah. You know. And now they they seem to be completely superfluous and they don't really need to exist anymore. Because while they're sitting there saying, well, maybe Islam's the problem, Tommy Robinson is saying we should shoot them all. <laughs> the proposer of free schools who immediately stepped away from free schools when it got too hard to run. Yeah, he had one. That, I'm uh, sure he had one that failed. I'm trying to look that up, but I can't actually um, find the, uh, but, the detail. Yeah, like, but, free yeah, schools aren't bad thing anyway. But um, yeah, he. I think he tried to have like a celebrity teaching one. Mm. Oh, he's a fucking prick. But anyway, does that make you forget any of um, your Yeah, kind of. It's it's more kind of. I don't know how to. I don't know how to feel about. It. I don't. There's no. There was no content to it. There's no. No, there's no content to anything he ever says. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll do it on a later episode. Maybe even the next episode, mm. we'll do his one about why friends are useless. Oh, that was the one. Oh, that was the one I was hoping. You I said think, it, you said you had an article. Well, it's because he done because really done one this week. That one. Um, maybe next week I'll do the. Yeah. I'll go through that whole article about how he doesn't need friends. <laughs> Mummy tells me I'm a good boy. I don't need friends. They're jealous. Yeah, that's this week. That is episode thirteen in the books. Um, so as usual subscribe to us on iTunes or check us out at WDTATW underscore podcast on Twitter you can find Hugh at Tanner Smashing and me at BM Bergamo BM Bergamo Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll see you next week yeah alright bye bye Make me frisky. So long, highball.